And welcome back to another episode of the Unfounded Podcast, everyone. My name is Christopher Turner, and I am your host. Today is Saturday, July 30th, 2022. I'm joining you here at about nine in the morning <clears throat> from Surprise, Arizona. Uh, again, thank you for joining me again this week. Um, uh, I've been having a lot of fun uh, on the podcast recently, just getting back into it. Um, man, when you <laughs> when you spend a a long time away from something you really enjoy, um, you can you can forget about how passionate you can feel in a weird way. Um, when I listen back to this, sometimes guys, it's weird. Like I'll have these moments where like I doubt myself. You know, um, there'll be times where I'm contemplating sitting down and doing an episode like this morning or even after making episodes, sometimes I'll, I'll be second guessing myself. I don't listen back to them before I send them to you guys. It's a process that I, it's a process that I had to kind of force myself into because it was so nerve wracking initially creating something that was just like a, a, a journal of sorts and then sending it out to the world essentially. So I, I noticed right away that I had to kind of create rules for myself. Uh, and one of those rules was that I didn't want to filter. Um, I realized that if I started to listen back to myself, um, I would critique the things I said, you know, um, I would worry about how people were going to hear me or if I said something wrong or <clears throat> mispronounced something or whatever it is, I'd start to critique myself. And so I, I realized, no, this is something that's meant to be organic and unadulterated and that if you want to create something, um, that's truly you. There is this process of cultivating, uh, uh, a certain type of spontaneity internally. Um, it's reducing the layers conceptually, uh, taking the ego away and, and recognizing that there's just this thing there. There's just this one thing underneath it all that just is you. And if you just speak that out, it's never wrong. Even if you mispronounce something, you know, um, even if you don't, you know, define everything perfectly, what you say is true. And there's differences between your truth and the truth, right? Objective truth and subjective truth. We've done some episodes on this. Some of my favorite episodes have been on subjective and objective truth. And man, what a hard concept to <clears throat> really understand. Um, I found myself actually since making those episodes being in situations with people where I was trying to describe the concept of objective and subjective truth. And I found myself, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm a little congested this morning, guys. I apologize. I'm continually clearing my throat here. Uh, so some of the things I, I, uh, I continually bumped into this uh, issue of trying to describe objective and subjective truth. And I'd be in conversations, you know, with friends or family or, you know, my ex-partner or somebody, whoever. And I'd, I'd, I'd talk about how something overarching can be true, but how you can see something and I can see something and they can both be true at the same time. Um, but that there's a difference between like my subjective truth, your subjective truth, and the objective overarching truth. And that there's a weird way in which they never fully cross over. Like the subjective truth is never the full overarching truth. Because the overarching truth 
you know, the objective truth is something like a combination of both of the subjective perspectives. I think the name of the <laughs> episode was Subjective Perspective. If you want to go back and look at it, there's one of them called that. That might be one of them. Anyway. I think there's something in that this morning um, and looking at truth and how we define it in the world and then kind of how how it can cause us problems conceptually and then practically in our lives because um, it's like we can confuse what the truth is in these ways. <clears throat> it's very dangerous. You see, you see, it gets people in aggravated states. I hope I'm not talking in like too high level of it, you know, like being too general, but if you confuse your subjective truth with the objective truth, if you can confuse your perspective with kind of everybody else's perspective, um, you'll find yourself projecting an incredible amount of things on people outside of you. And some of the trouble in this is that uh, if you're projecting, you know, though saying the world is a reflection of you is really true, it, but whatever um, you're seeing in the world then is actually you, right? Uh, it becomes tricky. You know, I, I, I've ran into many people that are very angry at the world, including myself at times. This is how I've discovered it inside of myself, right? And the deeper I went into the anger, the deeper I realized it was like endless, the depth of it. You know, um, you can, the world's a big place and the universe is even bigger, so you can get really angry at it and kind of perpetually, endlessly angry if you want to, you know? Um, it's too big. <laughs> and you're too small. So you just get more and more angry. But um, if you start to confuse your truth with the objective truth, you'll you'll get yourself stuck in these loops of uh, projecting out the things that you don't like about yourself on the world and then blaming the world for it. Uh, and you'll start to assume that kind of the negative aspects, you know, the negative assumptions that you've taken on, your negative biases are reflected in other people too. Since I've experienced this, everybody else has had to have experienced something similar and must have a similar perspective, you know, this kind of idea. Everybody is the same thing, but they don't have the same perspective, right? Life is God. So we are all pieces of God, I guess is the best way to put it, right? Um, but we're not all meant to say the same thing. And this is precisely where like, the importance of subjective and objective truth comes in. There's something valuable in each individual perspective, and there's a necessity for that to be protected. You see this encoded in kind of civil rights in the United States, right? Um, you... There's something in, we've, we've identified this, and I think it actually was a religious concept initially, that there's something, it's the liberal idea. If I'm not mistaken, I think there was a saint 
I don't remember who it is. St. Paul, I want to say, but maybe. I don't know. That was actually <clears throat> one of the first original liberal thinkers. I, uh, I remember this story from when I was in college, so I'm going to be paraphrasing. I don't know exactly the source text or anything like that at this point because it was many years ago. But um, I remember in one of my uh, political science classes, we were le- learning about classical liberalism. And one of the... Um, original thinkers in liberalism, surprisingly enough, was a Christian, um, I believe. It was either St. Paul. I, I can't remember the exact person. I'd have to look it up. Anyway, um, I can try to find it, but I don't want to waste too much time. Point being, there was this idea that the individual is valuable because it exists. Um, uh, that there's power, there's incredible power uh, kind of in the sanctity of each individual perspective. Um, there's, there's, there's value there that gets lost in kind of uh, the masses when um, either people fall victim or prey to tyranny or if they combine kind of in like a collective mindset, like what happens in communism and it kind of degrades both on both edges. When you don't value people enough to kind of um, view what they say and what they do as like innately important, um, you miss out on a lot. So I'm going <laughs> to take a pause there for a second because I just kind of went right into it with objective and subjective truth, but I, I do want to continue maintaining a little bit of structure in the podcast. So I'm going to go ahead and pull a page from our Buddha book and see what we got. Give me one second. All right. We are on page 202 and page 203. 202 is an angel number. We'll look that up. All right. Let's see, angel number 202. Angel number 202 brings a message to maintain faith and trust, balance and harmony, and to stay optimistic about the path ahead. With a positive attitude and outlook, miracles can happen in your life. Have trust and faith that all will work out for your highest good. Maintain balance and equilibrium within. Angel number 202 can turn the most ambitious of dreams into reality. It asks you to see the bigger picture and work with the details necessary to complete that picture. Bring things through to fruition on both the spiritual and material planes. Angel number 202 is a powerful message of faith and trust in the divine. Let your angels surround you with love, peace, in harmony. So, for me at least, guys, I mean, this makes sense. I'm in a place right now um, where I have a lot of transitions happening, impossible transitions at least. You know, I have, I'm looking right now at um, making a possible move, um, getting in a different job right now. I do DoorDash and that kind of gig economy work because it's really flexible and I can do this as well. But I'm thinking about possibly switching that up for a little bit and 
So there's, there's stressors coming in with that, you know, um, this podcast is incredibly important to me. Um, not only this, but the music and other projects that I've been working on on the side that I haven't really got into yet, but I'm excited to show you, uh, at some point on this, um, these things are incredibly important to me. And so it's like, I started this journey like three, three or four years ago, um, after being kind of in the middle of, as I've talked many times before in the rat race, you know, and, and having a, a hard time of it, deciding that I didn't want that life anymore and developing the podcast out of that. Um, and I choosing to go my, my own way in that. And so there's this weird sense of insecurity, not insecurity. There's this weird sense of, uh, anxiety I'm feeling um, at the prospect of possibly going and getting uh, a more traditional job again for a little while. And the main thing that I'm feeling in that anxiety is that I don't want to, I don't want to sacrifice what I've learned or what I've created here because um, there's a weird way in which my priorities have completely flipped over the last four years, you know? Uh, and so I'm really, really trying to focus on maintaining um, this as my priority. And uh, I want to make sure that that, I will make sure that that's the case either way. Uh, so I say that because it, it makes sense with me in my life. It resonates quite a bit uh, to maintain, maintain faith and trust and balance and harmony. Stay optimistic about the path ahead. Um, because when you have change, and what I've noticed the last day or so is things can be really positive. There's, it can be really positive change that come in, comes into your life. But if you're not careful, you can push it away. You know, um, There's been a lot of stress I've had over the last couple of years over not being able to provide you know, enough money for myself while I'm doing this. It's really hard to start something like this um, before it makes enough money for you, you know, right, to support you. And so um, over the last couple of years with COVID and all these kind of things and doing nothing but DoorDash, it's been stressful. So the, the the prospect of, of you know, getting a, a job that's more consistent and having a little more consistent income relieves a lot of stress as well. And there's a way in which everything I said before, it was kind of more from the anxiety perspective, there's a way in which you can also view it from a, a positive perspective. Like this is an opportunity to take away stress as well. So if any decision in your life, whatever decision you're being presented with right now, um, if you're maybe in a similar situation with a lot of change happening or being presented to you, um, it's really important to ground yourself in those moments and anytime that you're finding yourself anxious or kind of worrying about one aspect of the change, try to remind yourself or look for the opposite or balancing aspect in that change because it's there and it'll remind you of why the change is there, period. You know, maybe if you have a decision to make and there's multiple aspects or multiple choices, it's a good way where you can weigh out the choices, you know. What are the positive and negative aspects? Many people like to write them out. Um, and I think that's a really positive exercise if you're stuck. You sit down and write out the positive and negative aspects of each decision. And then uh, see which one you feel drawn to. There's a weird way in which your intuition will, will make it obvious. Uh, you'll see it. So... Uh, that's what 202, angel number 202 has for you today. And on page 202, the Buddha saying we have is, and from all other cares released, the mind set on collecting my own spirit to unify and discipline my spirit, I will strive. Hmm. Read it one more time for you. And from all other cares released, the mind set on collecting my own spirit to unify and discipline 
my spirit I will strive. So I get from this, um, it's kind of like what I was speaking of, just speaking of before. I'm, that's the way I'm seeing it, at least. Is like when you, when you, you know, with the, what I was talking about with starting this project about three or four years ago. Um, that was in my in my way my way of releasing my cares. You know, uh, there was a lot of expectations I had placed on myself, that society had placed on me, and other people had placed on me that I had accepted onto myself, uh, that allowed me to um, kind of, I got it, it felt like a weight. And so there was a way in which when I chose to create something of my own like this, a podcast, and to go my own way, it, um, it released uh, a lot of that weight. <clears throat> and it really helped. Um, not immediately, but over this last you know chunk of time, it's really helped me find myself again. So the next part of that, with the mindset on collecting my own spirit, it kind of comes by default. It's like you've released things that are you know making you self-conscious or the things that you know the programming, you know you question the programming, question the unfounded ideas, and you'll get to a place where you're kind of collecting who you really are your spirit that's been scattered in this way. And then the last part, to unify and discipline my spirit, I will strive. To unify, to bring it back together, right? Figure out what you are at a fundamental level. You know, and... Honestly, that's what these this last four years has been for me. Figuring out who I am. And so when I spoke of my stressors earlier, you know, about not knowing which way to go with not wanting to kind of lose anything I've created. Um, there's a way in which you can't, you know, once you've learned a lesson, once you've felt it, uh, you can't unlearn things. You can't unsee things. It's one of the sometimes unfortunate aspects of the 3d world. Um, but it's also positive in many ways because you can get afraid sometimes once you've, you know, maybe it took you a long time to learn a certain lesson that maybe you'll regress and go back. There's always possibility. It's always your choice, right? Uh, but in order to do that, you'd have to you know, place yourself in that mindset of like choosing to go against everything that you've learned and know. And that's a... It's comforting in that place because you'll realize it takes a lot more effort to do that than you're thinking. <laughs> you know, you'd have to really try to unlearn something. You know, if you really learned it, you'd have to really put a lot of effort into unlearning it. So, that being said, um, that was page 202. Page 203, we have invisible and subtle is the mind. And it flies after fancies wherever it likes. But let the wise man guard well his mind, for a mind well guarded is a source of great joy. Invisible and subtle is the mind. And it flies after fancies wherever it likes. But let the wise man guard well his mind. For a mind well guarded is a source of great joy. Hmm, that one's pretty perplexing to me. I'm not, I'm like trying to sit here and pull it apart, but I'm not sure exactly where to start. It flies after fancies wherever it likes, the mind. Yeah, it's distractible, I guess, to a certain degree, right? Chaotic and busy. Um, 
until you like seize control over it, you know. But not in like a controlling way. It's a weird way in which you simplify. You release what's not you, and then you simplify in that way. So it's it's more of a it's the opposite of controlling. It's letting go. All right. So that's what I got for the Buddha book today. Um, we'll do. Let's see. Let's do some cards here real quick. Yeah. Let's do. Angel and Ancestors Oracle cards here. Let's see what we got from those today. I don't know if, as I'm reading here, guys, I've, I've had a lot of anxiety this, this episode so far. So I don't know if you are right now or if you're feeling a lot of anxiety, but I sure am. And I do sometimes um, from, you know, Every now and again, I'll notice myself getting these flood of anxiety or nervousness when I try to do an episode, but today it's more consistent. So I don't know if you're going through something that is making you anxious or you're nervous about something, but um, if you are, the, the 202 is really there to, to to guide you today. Maintain faith, trust, balance, and harmony. Stay optimistic about the path ahead. Um, anxiety, anxiety is an odd emotion, and it's it's very uncomfortable for people, you know, but I, I've found that it's, it's very attached to, um, fear, you know, it's, so if you look at what you're afraid of, you'll find your anxieties start to, start to go away. Um, it, it, it oftentimes it, it, it manifests in like not knowing where to look, you know, or like feeling like you need to look at something, but you don't know what it is. Um, and I think that that's because there's, you know, something you're avoiding usually if you're anxious or uh, something you're not seeing. So there's a there's a way in which if you're feeling really anxious, it's really beneficial to slow down, simplify, don't distract, and then like look at the feeling. Why, why is it there? Why am I anxious? Breathe through it. You know, it's weird. If you really focus on the feeling, these emotions, you'll feel you'll feel the vibration. You'll feel where those energies sit in your body. You know, when I feel anxiety, I can feel it kind of sitting right in my like solar plexus. It like it kind of has a way of uh, tightening my chest. Feels like my you're, you're losing breath. Right, but you don't notice that, especially if you have a like. I've had anxiety a lot, a large part of my life. You know, I've I've, I've experienced this emotion uh, a lot, and so I've I've gotten used to it in a way. But oddly enough, you know, like I I didn't realize the physical sensations that were attached with the feeling of anxiety, and how it sat in my body, and how it would tense my muscles, accumulate, and then manifest in other kind of aches and sorenesses and pains. There's a weird way in which the emotions cross over into physical, like, physical ailments. You know, um, there's obviously a place for Western medicine, you know. I heard it put a really good way, I don't remember where, but it's something like um, Western and Eastern medicine both have place in healing. Uh, and it's just they're better at doing different things. So, for instance... Uh, if you were in a car accident and you had a leg that was severely damaged and needed to be amputated or healed in that way, you'd want Western medicine. They're very good at, at in more invasive type of things like that. 
healing damages that can't be um, immediately remedied. Uh, you know, bones that are broken to a, a place where they can't be repaired uh, very easily. Western medicine is really good at fixing those kinds of things. Um, more invasive type of fixes. Eastern medicine is the opposite. It's more holistic healing and it's more about long-term healing. Um, so it's it's like uh, well, those um, those ailments like I was talking about, body ailments, those aches, those pains, those sorenesses, I think a lot of those are better remedied with this type of work. Uh, with introspective work, energy work, where you're, you're looking inside and saying, okay, what am I feeling right now emotionally? Where does that sit in me? How does it make my body feel? And what can I do to make my body and my emotions kind of remedy together? What can I do to remedy both those at the same time? What do I need to think about while I'm stretching to release this feeling? Right? What pain, what memory is inspired when I hit that pressure point and it jolts electricity through me? Ouch. Why do you feel the pain? Well, what does it make you think about? Emotional pain and physical pain are not that different. They're just felt in different ways. And they can both manifest from the same thing, the same experience. And oftentimes they do, I think. So that if you've had that ache in your shoulder for 10 years, and you've taken everything, you're on ibuprofen every day or whatever it is, your back won't seem to heal, you're probably dealing with something that's spiritual and emotional that's playing out at a physical level. So this is the type of healing that Eastern medicine is really good at dealing with, right? That crossover, the energy. There's a place for both. So, I don't know, maybe that's what we need. Okay, well, I just intuitively pulled to a card here. Um, while we were doing that, I split the deck and I, I was while I was talking, so I just kind of intuitively did it. But the card we got for today um, is the Star Ancestor card. It says, "Follow the voice of your soul." And it's a it's a young man, the Great Pyramids of Egypt, right at the bottom, and it has um, constellations and the stars and constellations and like the silhouette of a young man. Uh, it looks like a like a star seed or something like that. Um, it says, Star Ancestor, star, star Ancestor, follow your voice of your soul. So we're going to go ahead and read this one today. I don't often read from the book, um, but I'm going to read this one and see what we got here. Star Ancestor is on page 76 and 77. It says, Heed the messages coming directly from your soul. The Star Ancestors is a Native American term for extraterrestrial light beings who are dedicated to the healing and growth of the world. These incredible beings are divine embodiments of love who bring wisdom from the higher realms. Often, people feel a sense of connectedness when they look up into the night sky and see the stars. I believe that's because they are remembering their starry connections, and those are what this card represents. The star ancestor is reminding you that you have otherworldly support, and that your friends from the stars can help you if you are willing to be helped. They can support you in connecting with and following your soul's deepest calling. The extended message in this card is there is a deeper purpose to your human journey. Not only were you born on purpose, you were born for a purpose. You were born to be a bright light 
in the world and there are supporters out there in the universe sending waves of energy to guide you at this time. Information and inspiration that has been coming your way recently is not new information but memories. Your feelings of being drawn in a particular direction are the awakening of an aspect of your soul. You are being drawn towards a road that will not only light you up but also help you light up your corner of the world. Continue following the cosmic guidance that is coming your way. I said that was on page 77. That's a really beautiful card, right? <laughs> I got a lot of energy when I was reading that. I got waves of energy, right? Kind of what they were saying. There's a lot of beings around us right now. I don't know if you know, it hit me really hard in this card. Um, I've always been attracted to the stars. The stars have always fascinated me. And... Uh, many people that know me from when I was younger in high school or have, have been close friends with me at any point, they, they've recognized and even many times made jokes out of my proclivity to look at the sky and the stars, uh, if you can see even a couple out at night. But I've always loved looking at the sky. There is this weird perspective shifting that happens when you gaze at stars. You know, and I'm... Um, oddly enough, <laughs> first time I ever experienced and witnessed something extraterrestrial happened from me having a desire to look at the stars. Uh, I was, I don't know if I've told this story on the podcast before, but um, I was in Washington with my ex-partner and we were on a vacation and we were up camping in a very small town um, just on the border of Canada, this is very northern Washington, and we're way up in the mountains and we're staying on this, this piece of land that this old gentleman, his name was Two Eagles, or Two, yeah, Two Eagles, I think. Um, kind of this old shamanistic type of dude, you know, just kind of chilling out here and had a couple other people that lived with him, but he had this little campsite and teepees and stuff that you could rent. So we were out there and we were staying there for a week and this one night, me and about five or six other people and a couple kids are out hanging out around a fire and I don't remember if we're on a fire, but anyway, we we're just hanging out. It was later at night, and I'm standing outside, and everybody's talking, and everybody's like really involved in the conversation. But for some reason, I was super distracted by the sky in the way I was talking about uh, earlier, and I was just staring up at the sky, looking at the stars, and I started to kind of like talk about it, you know, like I oh, just love looking at the sky, things like that. And then all of a sudden, I look up again, and behind one of my buddies, over on the horizon, is this massive 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 like belt of lights it's huge i mean I, I, I don't i mean so big it was hard to describe and i stopped immediately i said what the hell is that and everybody stops and turns around and they all have the same reaction and over the next five minutes we stare at this thing as it moves from one horizon over us and at one point i could see and my ex-girlfriend was sitting there watching it with me and we could both see this pulsing behind it. It was weird. It's like you could see these lights all around, like an edge. It looked like you could, it's like if you were looking at something on the edge and you can see like running lights, it's almost what it looked like, but like hundreds of them. And then on the back edge of those, there was this weird pulsing and it looked almost like, it's going to sound weird, but the best way you could describe it is an aura. It looked like a, with the, the uh, aurora borealis lights look like it looked like a very very faint version of that like a weird pulsing glowing 
and this thing was happening behind us. And this thing was massive. It looked, <laughs> it looked like the size of one of those battle cruisers from Star Wars. It was huge, but it was obviously transparent. You couldn't see the actual ship. You just see the edge of it. It was weird. Very, very weird experience. Um, we watched this thing, like I said, for five minutes. It moved slowly. And then as it got to the edge of the horizon, not on the edge of the horizon, but like right before it, the lights started to not fade out, but just disappear one after another. It, it wasn't like they were crossing over the horizon. We all watched them disappear. And after that, had some very odd experiences on the ground where this really weird red light appeared in the woods not far from us. And one of uh, our boys was sitting out there um, and he got scared. And he said, there's this red light. And I remember I was like, oh, it's nothing. I was telling him, it's nothing. Don't worry about it. I'll go check it out. And I go walk over there and I'm looking at this thing. And it's one of those situations where when you, you, if you've ever been in the woods or if you've ever been out in nature at night and you've seen something like eyes looking at you, um, the feeling that you get, you know, that something's watching you and you kind of hair stands up, you can tell that something's there. That's the feeling that happened. And I looked at this light and it was very, very ominous, the feeling that was there. It was, I, I didn't want to freak out because I had kids there and I didn't want to be like, oh God, what the hell is that? So I just kind of played it off. But then I remember I went and told uh, my ex, I was like, hey, like, I think, I think there's something there. <laughs> I think there might actually be something on the ground. I'm feeling like there's something here. And the entire night I felt very intuitively connected, like I was talking to these things. I felt like I was actually talking to the aliens. So, and then I am going to go to bed and I'm walking around the backside of the tent and it's really dark and I'm going over to this post to, to like take a pee. And <laughs> as I'm walking over there, I have glasses on and it's really dark. So there's not like light. There wasn't any light. I could barely see anything. But as I'm walking, um, I go to like, start to go to the bathroom and I, there's this flash like this weird flash of like it looked like like what like when something shimmers on on, on your glasses you know from like having a light shined on it it was something like it, it was like that but really quick and it was like on the corner of my eye and it looked like something moved and it happened so vividly and quickly that I jumped like jump jumped I could like feel like something was there point being is we really felt like there was beings down there that night that were using some kind of technology where you couldn't see them but you could feel that there was something there and they were intermingling they were they were dancing around the, the boys were really freaked out my ex was really freaked out everybody that was there that night experienced something and there's multiple people anyway we ended up going and talking to two eagles uh, before we left we told them about our experience and we said that we had you know we had some weird experiences up here we saw some weird things and he, when we told him that he was like oh yeah the, the reaction was so funny actually because we expected him to be like whoa that's crazy and his reaction was like oh yeah, yeah no i see we see him all the time and he's like uh the mountain there's something going on with this mountain but he said they fly over this mountain all the time they'll go over it and sometimes down in it and, I, and he said down in it and he's like yeah there's there's something in the mountain he thought but this was very common in the area people there see these things all the time 
after that, after we had seen the ship go away, we stared at the night sky for probably another couple hours. And we watched. It was really, really vivid because there was not, there's no light pollution up there and it's higher elevation. But there were so many stars. And you could see satellites. You know, there was a lot of satellites. You could see the satellites just going in like a very, you know, steady orbit. But then you'd see these other really small lights. Kind of like if you've ever watched the, the space shuttle uh, videos, the NASA space shuttle videos, where they've found like weird odd lights like zooming around outside of Earth. It's exactly what it looked like. It was like these little white balls of light very very small little stars but instead of a star it would like it would move and it looked almost like it was a satellite at one point and then it but it would stop and move at like a 90 degree angle it would go like this way and then boom bounce the other way and then bounce this way and bounce that way and there was bunches of them there was like couple there would be like one coming from one direction one coming from the other they'd be like heading right towards each other they'd look like they were going to hit each other and then like bounce and go other directions it was the oddest thing i've ever seen in my life no way i could explain it and like I said, not just me, but many other people seeing this at the same time. So anyway, point being, guys, <laughs> a very long story um, for the Star Ancestor card, but uh, there's energies around us. There's a lot of this that's coming out right now, you know, from the government releasing um, a lot of classified material and stuff on like visitations, right? Knowing that there's other species out there, aliens existing for real. Governments are now admitting this or at least knowledge that there's something that they don't know about out there um what i'm saying is that they're very real um angels are not only uh, angels uh aliens are not only uh real but they're also can there's i think many the ancient alien concept isn't too far off but it's not exactly the truth it's like uh, angels and aliens are in many ways similar things Right, so, like for instance, if I was going to describe an alien to you and how it interacted with the world, it would interact, from what I would imagine, very similarly to whatever I experienced out there in Washington would interact. Right? I'd feel a presence, but not be able to see it, something like that. So it, it, it was, it was uh, interesting. But here's the thing too, I didn't feel scared of these things. It was very fright startling to have that experience, but... I wasn't super scared. I never felt like super threatened, which is why um, I think we didn't freak out that much. I, I remember I remember hearing movement around the tents and, and things at, at, that night too. But it was it was weird, an odd feeling. It was like I felt like these things were communicating psychically with us, and that they were kind of saying hi. It was like because we were going through a lot of spiritual things at the time too, so it was it was a very odd alignment. It was like these things were saying hi. I was learning weird things about star seeds and all of this within myself and then we have this seeming alien visitation right <laughs> so um i know for many of you that might be a little far out there a little too much to to chew on or to handle i get it it's okay it's somebody else's story but it is true it is my truth i promise you that uh now i do recognize the difference between my subjective truth and objective truth right this is a good example What's true for you? Have you had an experience? You know, and if you have, I'd very, I'd actually be really interested to hear it. It'd be cool. But also, if you haven't, that's also true, right? It's your truth. Now, what's the objective truth? How do, how does your subjective truth and my subjective truth coexist? That's the tricky part. But it exists. 
It's interesting, right? So, have faith. I think many of you that are listening to this may be similar to me. You might be connected to the stars more so than you realize and that you have uh, maybe some aliens out there trying to talk to you, right? Like I said, it sounds, it's, it's even sounds crazy for me to say it. I don't talk about it very often because most people would consider me completely nuts. <laughs> I've been in mental institutions before, right? Like I, we'll get into that later. So you start to talk about these things to too much of a degree and it'll get you certain places <laughs> you know uh, but it doesn't make them less true and it's a very liberating thing to recognize that you're part of something bigger than yourself like that that you might have a family bigger than just the family that is on the earth here that you might be from something else you might have done this before you might have done this on other planets you know you, you might have come back many, many different times. And there's something liberating in that idea. And then kind of, um, it, makes, it makes the universe feel like a community. Uh, which I find beautiful and, and resonates with the idea of love, right? Which then I think it makes sense. Don't we all want to live in peace, love, and harmony? I think part of the reason we're not right now as human beings is because we don't want to admit that there's this that exists, <laughs> you know, it, it requires releasing control, um, releasing the idea that we are important in a way that we aren't, but also recognizing that we're part of something that we're failing to realize. So it's like we give away a part of our ego, but in that something's replaced. And you're part of a community, a galactic community, one that's psychically connected and one that spans time and space. And that's beautiful, Right. All right, guys, sorry for the break there. I had to take a little bathroom break again. Um, but continuing on, um, I think it's important to recognize uh, that the world really is, um, has shifted a lot in the last, especially like 30 years in relation to the idea of aliens, right? Um, I remember even when I was a, a young kid, if you talked about aliens, it was always is always in the same kind of context as like magic, you know, and fairies and trolls and things like that. You know, it was, it was, it was always very, oh, that's, that's really cool to think about, but it's just, there's no way, you know, so far out there. And then it's like, I remember watching as I got older, the world and science start to recognize, you know, like, whoa, this could actually be a possibility. It's not that out there, you know, like slowly one scientist after another started to talk about aliens in the context of maybe there's, there's a statistical probability that they could exist kind of a thing, you know. And then now we're at this place where um, a lot of our culture revolves around the idea of aliens, you know, movies and uh, science fiction, which I've always thought the science fiction is just kind of the bootloader for science fact. Right. Um, nothing in this universe is impossible in that way. If you see it in the movies and if you think about it, it can exist. You know, you're the factory. You're the thing that makes it. Right. That's why, you know, people say, 
you know, they watch Star Trek and they see the communicator. And then, like, communicator was basically a cell phone before cell phones. Like, yeah, that was the idea in gestation. That's how we that's how we develop ideas in the zeitgeist as a community, right? So there's this way in which um, if, if we're playing with the idea of aliens this deeply as a, at a societal level, then there's a deeply integrated idea of aliens at a consciousness level. Um, and it's very odd to... You can go so deep down this rabbit hole. I definitely want to, don't want to do this in this episode because we've already been on here for about 45 minutes, but... Um, I think it's important in the context of that star ancestor card to talk about them. You know, I don't often go into the, the subject of aliens and, you know, my beliefs on what, what I am and what my reason for being here is, or at least what I've come to understand about myself. And what I think a lot of people out there are and don't recognize either. So if some of you are listening and have felt drawn, you know, to, or felt like out of place in their life, felt like they just didn't fit in. The world didn't make sense to them, literally. They just like... The way I was seeing it the other day, it's so odd. Um, I, I had like this flashback memory, but I was having this memory of when I was a really young kid. I was like really, really young. Like I could barely walk. And somebody, it was like my granddad or my, my dad or somebody like that, it was a male figure, was showing me how to like hit something. They were showing me like how to leverage something or hit something like that. And I remember, I remembered yesterday, or I think it was yesterday, for some reason... I was listening to one of the podcasts and it triggered this memory in me. It was like, I remembered watching him hit the thing, like showing me how to do it and showing like, see, you hit this and it goes like this. You hit this and it goes like this. And seeing that and recognizing that happens, but then not understanding because I had a different, I remember having a different understanding about how everything was structured. There was a weird way in which when I was a very young kid, I understood that the 3D world looks very linear, hit something, it goes down, hit something, you know what I mean? But that the universe isn't structured that way is because it was confusing. I remember wanting to argue, but not having the words to. Like, that's not how everything works. You don't just hit, it's not, it's not linear. You know? Um, it's not, anyway, I think you get the point. But I had this realization, and it was one of those ideas that helped me. It was remembering that I was having a being out of place in the way I was saying. So that's what I'm speaking of. If you ever felt out of place like that, or maybe if you've had a, you know, you went through life feeling like you, you were meant to do something else, that this world just didn't really value, um, you may be from somewhere else. You might not actually be from Earth. Earth right now is going through a transition. Earth right now and humans are waking up. There's a lot of other civilizations, I believe, that have come before us that have woken up already. That have tapped into the universe and are now psychically connected to the real internet. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I think that there's... I think there's good and bad versions of them in the way we would describe it. There's high vibration versions of aliens and low vibration versions of aliens. Some of them kind of bet against us and some of them kind of root for us. 
But in the end, the human being is something that's still deeply asleep, and because of that, it's a dangerous thing in the context of the universe. Stability. Connection. You know, we have the ability, once we decided, once we showed that these, you know, once they, I think what happened is once we decided to blow a big bomb up like a nuke, uh, the universe sent out kind of like a warning call, like, hey, uh, these guys, these guys need to have a little, they need to have their hand held a little bit, I think. <laughs> because if they keep going this way, they're not, even, they're not only going to blow up the word, the earth, they could, they could, they could mess this whole thing up. You know what I mean? They could destroy the universe <laughs> trying to smash something together. These dumb monkeys, you know, like that's, that's kind of how I think we're viewed at this point because we're so asleep, you know, we're so caught in this very um, shallow world conception of what we are um, that we're very, very, very dangerous and destructive. You know, you, if you think about what we do and Rogan's described this, if you, if you were to fly over LA, you know, he was, he was talking about flying over LA and looking at the city and looking at kind of the natural land and the, the woods and the forests and all this kind of stuff. And then coming across like a city of Los Angeles and right as you're getting around the edge of that and seeing the change and asking yourself, what is that? What is that little blob of black and brown and gray and, you know, concrete and all this mass and harsh edges and, you know, asphalt and all of this? What is that? And he described it as like, it reminds you of kind of like a virus encroaching on something. And I don't like viewing, I want to be very clear, I don't want to view the human being as a virus because I don't think that's what it is. But I think we have a tendency when we're asleep to operate in a very uh, unbalanced way so that we consume more than we, we, we don't reciprocate. You know, we don't give back as much as we consume. And so it causes this problem Anyway, the point being, we're at a point now where the human being is is being turned on, like psychically, which is what allows you to join that galactic community in a certain way, you know, and um, that's what's kind of scary about it too, is because as that happens, uh, you got to think about it in the context of like a global economy, governments around the world, um, a lot of these individuals and corporations and stuff have tricked themselves into believing that they actually run anything or have any kind of power. That's why a lot of people have not wanted the idea of aliens to come out as a thing. Because what happens if there's something that's more advanced than us that could literally destroy us at the push of a switch? Without even thinking, they wouldn't have to push a switch. They, they don't need switches. You know what I mean? Like That means your power goes away. <laughs> Uh, you can you can talk real mad and real angry at the aliens, but it's kind of they got you. They got you cornered. So it's kind of uh, we've been in this place where I think our ego has been dying at a global scale, and I, I worry. You know, I think when we talk about um, the world, you know, when people talk about uh, in, in apocalyptic terms, I think it's more meant to represent the shift that like there's going to be this ego death of the human collective goes through uh, where we all realize and the people in power realize that they're not in control <laughs> you know and it may be through this you know a revealing of the truth in this way maybe there is a point in time where some kind of being reveals itself in the physical world 
where the debate ends. Where it's no longer a question. Uh, but I do think that either way, um, you know, I, I feel very optimistic about the human being. I think we are going to wake up. I think we are going to join our galactic family. I think we're going to become aliens. But not in the way that Rogan describes. We're not going to become genderless, you know, personalityless things. I think we're going to become beings of love, for lack of a better way of describing it. I think we're going to ascend as a species. Uh, and so, like, when you talk about... That's why it's weird to, to talk about um, apocalypse in a negative way. Because that's, that's kind of how I view it. It's like it is going to be the ending of something. The old world, for sure. Uh, but that's not a bad thing. Old worlds can't stay around forever. You don't want it to. You know? Uh, if that was the case, we would still have kings. And we didn't like that. But if you ask somebody when they were in the middle of that, what would have been better? There's very few people that would have been able to answer the question except for the people that actually changed it, right? So, we don't know what's good for us. But we're starting to figure it out, I think. And I hope you are, like I am, that there's a lack of control that's necessary. And recognizing any of this thing is true at this level. It's true spiritually, you know. We all, in every context, need to lose. To, we need to let go of control. Because there's liberation in it, and then your life becomes exactly what it's supposed to be, you know. There's so many other things out there, aliens, angels, whatever you want to call them, that are working on your behalf, that are talking to you right now, that are in your head, always have been. They've always been watching you. You're not. <laughs> there is no private world, folks. I'm sorry to disappoint. But uh, you can't hide in your head. We thought we could for a very long time, and we've continued to deny our psychic abilities uh, because we're so terrified of recognizing that one truth. Because if your head isn't private, then everything you've tried to keep as a secret wasn't. Because it wasn't. And that's terrifying, right? <laughs> All those skeletons in your closet, they're not in your closet. It's a shared closet. <laughs> we all have our shit in the same closet. You know? So it's liberating at one aspect, but also incredibly terrifying. Before you recognize everybody else as you, you're going to feel like it's only your closet. And then trying to open that door and show everybody else what's in your closet. Whoo! It's one of the most terrifying things you can do. So we avoid it. And we're doing that at a collective level but the internet is a tricky and fickle thing <laughs> because it's doing exactly that all those things that you kept hid in your head all that time you know what i mean uh you think you have a private world that's why we have all these private browsers and stuff coming out right privacy browser don't let anybody watch you go do what you would have done if nobody was looking oh <laughs> okay well, the internet's connected to everybody else. It's everything, right? Everything you see on the internet, we see on the internet. And <laughs> it's kind of like a, it's an organic thing. So if what people want more of, there's going to be more of, right? 
So what is the internet but a mirror into our private world? If you want to know what other people are thinking about, go look at the trends on Google, right? If you want to go look at like, uh, but I think more specifically, if you want to know what people are really thinking about, do that in a taboo way. Try to figure out what people would search, what you would search if nobody was looking. That's what people are doing with the internet. And so it's showing us in that who we really are. It's showing, uh, and, and because of that, we're having a reaction to this, a reaction at a societal level. You know? The internet feels like a very, very bad negative influence at this point. Yeah. And I, I don't think it's, I, I, even people that enjoy using the internet, I could arguably would say that it's a little too much often. And that there's a reason for that, because we're too fucking much often. You're too much often. And you're too much because you hide who you really are. It creates an ego. It's just too much for anybody. It's not real. You know, why do you think people feel so vindicated in talking shit like crazy on Twitter or Facebook or wherever else they can hide behind a screen? Especially if they have an anonymous account. Why are the most vicious accounts anonymous ones? Because of this. The private world theory. I guess that's what I'd call it. <laughs> and the internet is just showing you who those people truly are, that they are hiding. How they truly feel that they can't say in their everyday lives. So they use that venue as a way to get it out, thinking they're hiding something. But everything in their world is a representation of their internal world. So if they're treating other people that way on the internet... They're experiencing the same kind of energy in their world everywhere. And they're probably using that as fuel to justify what they do to other people on the internet. It's a vicious circle. They'll never get out of it thinking that way. But we'll fall deeper and deeper into the sludge. Uh, and then we're... Guys, it's so scary. Don't... You got Elon over here trying to develop, you know computer chips to put in your head where you can tap into the internet you want you do not want that i promise you you do not want the internet in your head you don't want google attached directly to your brain you don't want that why well unless you're pretty certain that you're not scared of anything anymore you don't want to have the entire internet in your head right now think about how many things you don't go look at on the internet because it's something you don't want to see now think about putting the internet in your head. That choice goes away. It's there either way. Everybody else is there automatically. Everything that everybody's thinking about is there automatically. What's going to happen when people put that in their head and turn it on? People are going to go crazy. They're going to go through an awakening immediately. That's what awakening is. All awakening is, is realizing that the internet already exists in psychic abilities built into every single person that's ever been born or ever lived. So that there was no need for the internet. This was already true. There is no private world. You are connected to every person around you. What you think they know, they just don't admit that they know. Because they're lying to themselves saying that you don't know. They're all playing the same game. But every single person is connected. There's already an internet. 
is called psychic abilities. So that all the internet is going to do is, all it is is a technological way to spark an awakening inside of somebody. So if you want to wake up really fucking quick and really abruptly, put a chip in your head that connects you to the internet because you'll be taken immediately to every single one of your fears. And then you have to figure out how to get away from that and not see it every second of every day, you know, because it's in your head. There's other ways we're trying to integrate too, with like VR, right? We're trying to, there's all these, these uh, if you're with the column, metaverses, yeah, metaverses popping up where people are designing these new worlds, even paying, absorb, just crazy amounts of money. I don't know how to pronounce the word, absorbent, absorbent, something, I think that's the word. I was going to say it, but then I was like, I don't use that word very often. I guess, I guess somebody's trying to use that word. Uh, amounts of money. <laughs> Uh, for digital things like Snoop Dogg made like a whole island I think in the metaverse and people are paying hundreds of thousands of dollars to buy property digital property next to Snoop Dogg in the digital verse you know so it's it's ready player one happening guys it's, it's exactly the same thing it's everything transferring into a digital currency in a digital marketplace in a digital form so then I ask you again what are people going to do in the digital space that they wouldn't do in the real world What's so good about a digital version of this? What's so bad about this? Well, the only difference is people think they can do stuff there that they can't do here. What can you do there that you can't do here? Hmm? What comes to your mind? So I ask you, do you want to tap into that? Do you want to strap strap goggles on your face so that you can go into a Metaverse that we created, trying, you know, to enable you to do things that you honestly wouldn't do. <laughs> you honestly don't want to do. The only reason you 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 have this this conception that you want all of these negative things is because you hide yourself or you hide the fact that you even had the idea of the desire internally taboo make a taboo out of yourself so don't do that you know let's start <laughs> I just pulled another card just randomly got intuitively got the world card it says a brilliant success a time of joyful accomplishment and spiritual enlightenment freedom to do whatever you want be proud of yourself Don't hide yourself from the world. Be who you are. Always. Never let somebody dim your light. Don't feel shame for the parts of yourself that you feel you can't speak about. You can. And you will. You just got to tell yourself that. You are not abnormal. You never were. You never will be. You're exactly where you're supposed to be. And you're doing just fine. And you should be very proud of that. And with that, guys, I think that's the Unfounded Podcast for today. 
I really hope you enjoyed that. It was definitely a different one. I felt very taken by different energies at different points in this podcast, so it's going to be interesting to listen back to. Um, I didn't really mean to start off on the tangent of objective and subjective truths, but it did. It kind of tied in well, so hope you enjoyed it, and um, I'll be back on here soon. Uh, please like, share, subscribe. Um, you know, if you find somebody that in your life that you, you you think of when you're thinking about the podcast, or um, just somebody that you know that might might enjoy it or get something out of it, uh, let them know. Share it with them. See if they do. I really would appreciate it, and uh, who knows, maybe it'll help them. So, with that, guys, that is the Unfounded Podcast for today. I hope you have a really good rest of your day, week, weekend, whenever. And I will see you again very soon. Lots of love. Bye-bye.